0: Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, aka Triumvir Clio.
1: Hello again. Welcome back. Merry Christmas, if you celebrate Christmas, and specifically celebrate Christmas on December 25th, and are listening on the day this drops. We have a short episode today, so maybe this will give you a nice break from whatever you have going on today. Uh, Today, we are looking at Homeric Hymn 22, the Hymn to Poseidon. As usual, I'm working from Susan Shelmerdeen's 1995 translation, um, but you should be able to find the entire corpus, this entire collection of poetry online. Um, And as usual, I have basically no background information about this poem. Uh, There is one line that points to a date after 480 BCE, but there's absolutely nothing definitive about that date, um, just something possible. Anyway, uh, this poem follows uh, the usual format that we've seen in the Homeric hymns. The poet invokes the god, the earth shaker, and god of the sea. Um, then it gets a little weird because the poet names two places, Helicon and Aigai. Um, now, ai is a city where Poseidon was venerated, so that makes sense, but Helicon is the mountain where the Muses were born, and there was no cult to Poseidon there. Um, However, there was a cult at the city of Helike, not Helicon, Helike, Uh, so maybe that's what the poet meant to write. Um, or maybe he got his place names mixed up, um, or maybe he was thinking about the fact that Poseidon was called Heliconios in Asia Minor, which sounds kind of like Helicon, right? Um, And Homer even uses that name, Heliconios, um, for Poseidon at one point in the Iliad. So it was not unknown to the Greeks at all, this Heliconios, right? Um, but, But there is no link between the cult of Heliconios and the city of Helike, and there still is no link between Heliconios and Helicon, Um, so who who knows. Anyway, that's not where the poem ends. That was just a digression on that one line. Uh, The poet then goes on to tell us that Poseidon is the horse tamer and ship saver, and um then as the poet gives a typical farewell we we do get a little glimpse into how this god looks how what poseidon looks like he has dark hair that's that's it that's all that we <laughs> that's all that we hear um he call, he's called the dark-haired dark-haired god right uh so when you picture poseidon according to the tradition that this this poet is coming from dark hair he's got dark hair and that's the entire poem it is only seven lines long, um, or at least what has survived of it is only seven lines long. Uh, there is something I did skip over because I was so focused on the whole Helicon, Helike, Heliconios thing. Earthshaker um, is a common epithet for Poseidon. Um, he's, he's the god of earthquakes. Now, it may seem kind of weird to us um, with our modern knowledge of geology, Um that, that the God of the sea is also the God of earthquakes. Um, but if you, instead of thinking of the sea as something that's on land, you know, that there's a seabed under there, right? Think instead of, of the land being something that sits on top of the sea. Um, so in that case, it makes sense that it's the movement of the sea that causes earthquakes, that causes the land to shake. Um, so it makes sense then, if you think of that ancient concept of how the world was structured, it makes sense that the god of the sea would also be the god of earthquakes. Um, and and he's also called the hor- horse tamer, um, which is a very old epithet. We see that one in the Iliad repeatedly um savior of ships though that's that's the epithet that came into vogue around 480 BCE like I mentioned earlier um there was a particularly brutal storm during the Persian war that like wiped out the Persian fleet so the Greeks started you know proclaiming proclaiming Poseidon the the savior savior of ships um but given the fact that he is the god of the sea it really is feasible that the poet might have called him something like the savior of ships earlier you know before that 480 BCE date so that's why it there's really nothing definitive to use that line as a date for the poem Um, but so there we have it that's the hymn to Poseidon Um, what are your thoughts is there something that I should have gone into more detail on Um, maybe something that that's in here that you have a question about that I didn't answer come over to the blog and ask away It's at triumvirclio.school.blog. The URL and maybe a link are in the show notes. On Monday, we will have another not totally tragic tale from Euripides um, with his play Ion. Talk to you then.
0: You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.